Welcome to Insert Title Here, a podcast brought to you by the Harvey Nash Group. And I'm your host, David Savage. Each week during our six-week run, we're going to be sitting down with leaders from the industry to talk about the biggest challenges facing technology. This is a show where we explore their perspectives and try and work out how leaders are responding to some of those challenges. On this series, we're tackling one of the biggest subjects to face the industry, sustainability. Each week, I'll pick a few stories from the media for our guests to mull over and discuss as we build towards World Earth Day. And as you listen along, head down to the show notes where you'll find links to all of the articles we're talking about. Joining me on this first show, we have Helen Boothman, the MD of Evergreen Energy, Evie Miller, the founder of Garmi, and Danny Alliance, Head of Partnerships and Customer Engagement at Sphinx, part of the Harvey Nash Group. So look, the first article that I thought we could have a chat about, Bitcoin's rise could leave a carbon footprint the size of London's. Um, Helen, given that you work in a company that looks at energy footprint of people on, a, on an individual basis, the carbon footprint of London is, is alarmingly large, right? Um, yeah, it's pretty big, yeah. Um, I was looking at, yeah, what Bitcoin in relation to countries and then blockchain technology in relation to countries and it's yeah it's a pretty scary number if that's all you're looking at for sure is this is this news to you i imagine probably not i mean i know that your business looks at the home so i I assume smart devices and whatever else but does that incorporate you know when we're logging on and we're using our laptops and whatever else are people kind of aware of that i really don't think they are no um i mean i knew personally about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency just because I've got an interest in kind of energy and and technology. Um, Not to say that I've really done anything with it professionally. Um, But yeah, in terms of, you know, everything has a carbon footprint. So the fact that you're using our services that are on a a server, wherever that computing power is, is, is taking energy, energy to cool it. Uh, if you have a re- if, if you have a website, you go visit a website uh, that takes energy. And if your website is really inefficient, actually, the carbon cost of your website could be worse than than others. So yeah, everything's got some sort of carbon cost to it. I read that um, Iran actually had to confiscate mining equipment because the country is suffering energy outages from mining, which is nuts. From cryptocurrency mining, it's incredible. Like the impact of it's huge. Yeah, yeah. I, funnily enough, we've got a colleague who's on a year's uh, secondment with the army out in the Balkans, and they've had to do a very similar thing. Um, they've got real problems because loads of people are using energy to to to, to mine for Bitcoin. Um, I just think it's one of those things that we get very excited about the prospect of technology, and we completely negate to look at the footprint that it leaves behind. Yeah, I was really shocked at it, actually, because it makes a lot of sense now that I've read the article and when you think about it, obviously technology uses up energy, but because I feel like a lot of people are so consumed with thinking that physical things are harming the environment and like physical waste and things like that, you kind of think that it's better for the environment to shift towards digital things when actually that also has a really bad impact on the environment. So it's just kind of, yeah, it it surprised me because I'm not used to thinking about sustainability in that way I think about it more in in a physical sense so it kind of um opened my eyes a bit how how best can we educate people around this stuff because like it's hard enough for people to get their head around around cryptocurrency look before we hit before we hit 
record, we were chatting about the fact that none of us really have a deep technical understanding of blockchain. And 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 trying to get people to understand that's hard enough. Then to say to them, oh, but it's bad and it's got this big footprint and whatever else, you're just going to kind of bewilder most people. And, and that's not a good position to be in because we're going to end up with more misinformation and more people getting confused about stuff. And and it just, I, I don't understand how we're going to get the message across to people in a really clear way. Yeah, I think especially with Bitcoin and like NFTs and things, it just feels so inaccessible and exclusive amongst a certain group of people who like do understand it. And it's causing such damaging effects to the environment. It just feels like so unnecessary. <laughs> like why Why can't, like especially with kind of the digital art NFTs um, side of things. When I was reading it, I was just thinking, why can't you just trade that in currency and then avoid this whole problem? Because it's very confusing. <laughs> The whole thing, the whole thing's really confusing, and I think the problem is, and we're talking about, like you just said, it's what feels like an elite few that not mm. just understand but have the money to play um, with cryptocurrencies and risk on cryptocurrencies. Like normal, you know, family people that work, you know, they don't have the time to think about how you know cryptocurrencies is affecting our environment. We can barely have time to consider how our own activity is affecting the environment. So there's. Is that there are a few areas of, uh, that need to be addressed. I think the biggest one is there needs to be involvement at policy level around advancing technologies and how we um, minimise risk so that we don't get to a point further down the line where we have all this um, economic damage from cryptocurrency um, that, that could have been prevented if we'd done something sooner. Yeah, I would say that, you know, blockchain is a thing, it's here to stay. Actually, there's some really valuable use cases of it. So rather than saying Bitcoin is bad, Bitcoin mining is bad, blockchain is bad, actually not to kind of lump all into the same thing and maybe talk about the, the positives that you can get with blockchain, like the kind of proof of origin, sustainability, uh, tracking kind of uses. And actually, if you're promoting those kind of things, then can you also be promoting innovation around blockchain that will actually reduce the, the energy requirements. So I think it's 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 yeah more promotion of innovation rather than necessarily just saying it's bad because it uses energy. It's like okay, well it's here now, so what can we do to to promote improvement? And and not not also kind of dismissing the value that it it, it can bring now to certain certain situations and hopefully will bring in the future. Out of interest, with Evergreen Tech, is there there's is there kind of a piece there around education around? I'd imagine where you've got customers, you know, smart meters and, and making sure that they understand the kind of the footprint of their own actions. That is there anything there that's kind of you can transfer from how you have to deal with your customer base and educating them and getting them to see the value in the products to other areas of technology, and also to the point that is it also a little bit the preserve of people who've got kind of means you know the vast majority of the population don't have the technology to worry about blockchain i mean at the minute christ people are people are just worried about keeping their jobs and not being furloughed or whatever else so there's an element of haves and have nots here right yeah absolutely and i think yeah that kind of driving in of innovation and adopting improvement is actually the responsibility of of those people who are kind of engaging with it already in, in some respects in terms of what what we do um, we 
you would not believe how complicated it actually is to get across to people how it, their heating system works in reality um, and how uh, you know people use heating controls today in, in the UK in a way that needs to they need to do something different in order to get the benefits out of kind of electric heating and and and, and tariffs. So yeah, that kind of customer experience and engagement part is 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 kind of massive in what we do and we're only a really really small like use case of the whole of decarbonization and energy efficiency evie you mentioned uh, this other article that we've got from the verge the climate controversy uh, swirling around nfts first of all had all of you heard of nfts before i sent the articles to you a couple of days ago only recently i'd heard of the, the acronym but i had no idea what it stood for <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair enough. It's it's this whole idea of of kind of digital assets that you can you can trade like signatures or um, a tweet, you know, the f- very first tweet. It's a bit of a random one out there. The thing that stood out to me in this article around a, a more sustainable future, and it specifically obviously relates to NFTs, but it's an artist called Mike Winkleman who talks about the fact that his artwork will be carbon neutral or negative, not because he's um, doing something with the process itself but in terms of in terms of the money that he's making it's he's going to offset his emissions by investing in renewable energy and conservation projects is that probably the most realistic way forward with a lot of this tech i don't know it just it just seems a bit like kind of substituting one problem with another type of thing and like i was reading this morning about um how Gucci's selling um, digital trainers now. Um, and it kind of mentioned NFTs, but also that you could buy the trainers for like $12. So that's where I was a bit confused. Like if you can only buy digital art using this kind of um, highly environmentally damaging cryptocurrency, or if you could actually trade digital art using um, just dollars, or pounds or whatever, um, in which case, if if people did that, wouldn't that kind of help solve the issue of the mining of cryptocurrency? Why, why does it have to be so kind of damaging and expensive and exclusive if we could trade digital art in, in a much simpler way? Sorry, what the hell are digital trainers and what's the point, what's the point of a digital trainer? <laughs> well, I think a lot of... of of fashion brands are kind of trying to segue into digital fashion um, as a way to be more sustainable and not produce physical products. But then reading about this is like, is that actually more sustainable? Um, But they're basically kind of like a Snapchat filter, but you can purchase them and then take photos wearing the trainers. Like they would kind of through AR be seen on your feet um and there's a lot of also fashion brands that sell i think gucci does as well sell clothes for like gamers for your kind of characters to wear them in the games and that type of thing um so but which you'd think might be more sustainable because a lot of young people kind of wear fashion just for the photos or just for the videos or whatever but now reading about this you kind of question is is that more sustainable if it's taking up so much energy as well? I'd say, Danny, I, I, interesting kind of like perspective on this. You've obviously ran a lot of events around women in technology for a long time. Um, there's this talk, talk here about the the space cat GIF, 
which is a cat in a rocket heading to the moon and its carbon footprint is the equivalent of a of an EU resident's electricity uh, usage for two months. I was having a chat with someone yesterday who was saying that women go into careers where they can see that they're making a difference. So they go into medicine. You know, if you're looking at STEM, they go into medicine because they can see that doctors and nurses and whatever else tangibly help people's lives, whereas they don't get the real world kind of benefits of, of technology necessarily. If there was a link here and people kind of got that you could go into tech and you could build systems that actually stopped tech inadvertently ruining the planet, might that be a way of inspiring a whole generation to kind of be interested in this stuff beyond just an AR version of a, of a trainer? I think it's, it's really interesting because I think we're moving towards uh, decisions being based on our value system in everything that we do. So not just the jobs that we do or the careers that we choose, but the products that we buy, who makes them, whether their values are aligned with ours. Um, and very, and it's interesting you link it to this, you know, the, the gender difference. There is um, the stats out there that 75% of people that make purchasing decisions in the, in the home tend to be women. Like we, we choose the products that we buy. Um, and I for, uh, an example, I won't, I won't ever purchase anything that Johnson & Johnson made because of a woman that had to go to court because she had womb cancer because of one of their products and it took her 20 years. I think she didn't make it to the end of the court case um for her for them to apologize and, and pay and pay libel fees so it just and that for me that's a value i've i've made a decision not to use that that brand and that product because their values don't align with mine so i do think um and we see it time and time again when we're putting people forward for jobs you know one of the one of the um criteria that people look at now is what values a business has and what culture they have and whether they align with their own so I, it's definitely um, it's definitely becoming way more important well, look, uh, there's there's a whole helpful bit in in that article where it describes where it describes sorry what an NFT is. So uh, in the show notes, if you look, there will be links to all these articles. So if you're wondering what on earth we're going on about, you can read it. We'll we'll switch from cryptocurrency and NFT and stuff that's a little bit difficult to get our head around to move on to fashion, which Evie definitely uh, home territory for you, given what Garmi does, and is a little bit easier to understand. Um, I was reading an article in The Guardian over the weekend where it said, uh, will you wear it 30 times? If not, don't buy the expert's guide to online shopping. And actually, there was a lot here for the technology industry to take on board. Yeah, that, that article was really interesting. And I thought it were, it kind of touched on the topic where online shopping now has become so easy for you to literally just like click 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 add to your basket it comes the next day and it's it causes such damaging effects like not only to the environment but there's just no transparency and as you say like who's making these products who's making these clothes how are they being treated what are they being paid um and i think the the ease at which you can just buy online and not have to think about any of that is a really big problem um and I think part of you know obviously when you buy something and you think how many times will I wear it that that might make it more justifiable but I think at the same time these these problems are still just as prevalent however many times you wear them wear the item and I think um brands need to be much more transparent about how how like their supply chain and the materials they're using who's making the clothes and how they're treating those people 
for consumers to actually be able to make decisions based on um, their values more so than kind of how much they need an item. My my wife and bless her, she's not um, she <laughs> she's not a bad person, but she definitely um, <laughs> subscribes to the idea of buying things and then sending them back uh, mm. previously. And I think it was probably an easy mindset of oh well you know if it doesn't fit I'll just send it back. Yeah, this we all do because it's so easy. Yeah, especially in in the pandemic, like it's so easy to just buy small, medium, large, or eight, ten, twelve, whatever. Try them all on, send a few back, and it just feels like nothing's happened. Like it's just so easy. But when you actually think about that, I mean, I think it was that article mentioned that like twenty five percent of the things you return don't actually ever get used; they just get chucked away. Um, so everything that we do kind of buy in return does have a massive impact on the environment and on and on people. Um, but I think it's it's kind of the brands need to be much more transparent about this in order for consumers to actually be able to make informed decisions. Dania, Helen, have your shopping habits changed during the course of the pandemic? Have you become more aware of this as an issue? <laughs> um, I have basically bought no clothes because... Uh, no, you know, only people can see me from the neck up. So really, <laughs> <laughs> I've become very sustainable, but kind of by accident, really. Uh, <laughs> so I've yeah. literally worn the same three things like the whole pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I say in, in normal life, I'm at, like, uh, I don't buy a lot of clothes, but what I do buy is uh, I do a lot of outdoor activities. So I buy like, Climbing shoes, which are like the worst thing in terms of the rubber, in terms of the environment, uh, you know, te technical fabrics, which are usually often synthetic, not very good at being recycled and stuff. Um, so the, I, I know that I, I, you know, I know that those are the things that I buy. Uh, so all I, all I could really do is try and buy from kind of brands I trust um, that do do that kind of have that effort of putting that, um, you know, thought into their supply chain. In fairness to you, um, hiking shoes and like running shoes, for example, I do marathon running, um, anything that needs a bit of support, it, the natural materials just don't exist yet. Like that whole community is crying out because there's so many like vegan marathon runners and so on who are very mm. kind of sustainability conscious, but the, the materials just don't exist to make the shoes the way mm. they want to make them yet. So it's, I suppose it goes back to that point we were talking about earlier. A lot of those companies try and offset by doing other, you know, by doing other things. So planting X many trees and whatever else and trying to offset their, their, uh, their footprint. Um, yeah. I kind of, I don't know how I feel about the fact that, that Amazon is stealing a march on digital av avatars. On the one hand, I'm like, that's really good. Because again, I was, I was having a conversation with my wife the other night and she was talking about the fact that she loves Reese, but she also hates the fact that all of Reese's models are like a size eight. And mm. she's like, yeah, of course the models, of course the clothes all look good on their models because they literally hang off them. But as soon as you've kind of got any shape to your body, they're a flipping nightmare. Mm. And the fact that Amazon, who we all are trying to avoid shopping from, could... <laughs> obviously because of their ability to access technology provides something that's that's really kind of useful in that regard. I don't, I don't know. It feels a bit dirty somehow. I think also um, just like you, like customer reviews can also make a really big difference. And I was reading an article about on resale sites and things, people putting in the description very specific ways in which the item might fit. Um, and also brands like ASOS have started doing reviews, um, which, I mean, I know, like, if me and people I know 
a lot of the time with ASOS when you buy something, it just looks completely different in real life. Um, so I think the fact that they've started doing reviews where their customers can kind of give it a star rating and explain what the product was like can start to help this problem. Yeah, and it's better for them as well, right? Because they don't want to get returns. Um, yeah. Because then they've, they've produced an item that they you know, potentially can't resell and then they've got to fork that cash back out again. So that that's good at least that you know it's in the benefit of both the environment but the environment the consumer and the company danny when you're kind of talking to various different clients this idea of digitization has you know can play a significant role you know agility and efficiency it's supply chains i mean not not just in fashion but sustainability more generally that's that's got to be stuff that's on 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 the minds of leaders in those organizations right yeah absolutely i think um i think right now i think we're moving last year has given us time to kind of take a beat and look at what's more important and look at the people that we work with and even suppliers. So a lot of um, when we when we're partnering or pitching for new business, sometimes we're asked what our where we stand on sustainability, sustainability and what we do um, ourselves proactively to, to make sure we, we work in a sustainable way. And I think we're seeing that more and more now. Garmy's a, a clothes swapping um, platform. I've got to be perfectly honest. The idea of kind of rental or resale or repair schemes, I'm, I'm probably kind of slightly guilty of buying new clothes. I don't buy masses of new clothes, but I'll buy like one or two items and it's fairly high price and I probably wouldn't thrift shop. Mm. How, how I suppose demographic-wise, is it is it growing fastest amongst Gen Z and millennials or, or is it very specific to certain? Yeah, I definitely think kind of Gen Z in particular are um, obviously really passionate about the environment and very much into resale, depot, upcycling, um, because not just because of the environment, but also because it's just more affordable. And it means that you're able to, I mean, the reason that I kind of wanted to go into swapping was because it's kind of, one, one thing out and another thing in. So you don't, every time you need something new, you can get rid of something to pass on and circulate that. And then you bring in something new rather than um, what's previously been the case, which is just like hoarding and discarding in a kind of linear fashion. Um, so yeah, I definitely think young people are much more open to it than um, older generations. Um, and I think partly because we're, kind of digitally native anyway so we're kind of much more exposed to the, all the different options and all the different people who like have these clothes that we could sell and exchange and upcycle and whatever um and also I think we've just kind of we're very much aware of the sustainability problem being directly affecting our future so that's why kind of it's the generation that really wants to make the change how does it work, Evie? Sorry. So, if you had, if I had an item I wanted, I want, I wanted to get rid of that was still, you know, decent quality, I'd put it on your website, and someone could would swap for it. Yeah. So, um, it's basically the way we're kind of starting off is just through direct swaps. So, rather than doing a system with kind of tokens or something like that, it's more of a matching system where if I upload something and I find um, it's a little bit like Tinder. So if I, you know, register that I want something that you've got, for example, and you can see the item 
that I've kind of wanted to swap with you, you might want to swap with me, then we'll make that direct swap. Um, and it's kind of to promote more localized micro communities where people can meet each other. And if I, you know, if me and you realize we're a similar size and it's similar style, then we can make swaps with each other quite often. Um, so yeah, basically it would work with direct swaps. So every time I give something to you, you would give something to me or with other people, whatever. Sounds like, sounds like a really awesome idea for baby clothes as well. <laughs> yeah, there are actually quite, I've been reading about quite a few baby rental platforms um, where you can kind of, I think you can subscribe to like the certain age and then you send it all back and you get like the next stage up. Um, but I, I don't remember exactly what they're called. I think one might have been called Bundle Bee. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, I think the baby rental um, market is emerging yeah there's definitely you, you get a sense of waste don't you with your wardrobe I don't know about anybody else I'm I'm of the um, generation that hoards and discards <laughs> I'm afraid but I do I have, I have drawers of clothes I don't wear and I'm definitely becoming more aware especially this last year as you say I've only worn literally worn leggings and a top every day for mm. 365 days and it made me it's made me realize how much of my wardrobe is just put completely pointless there's so much space being wasted on clothes that never see the light of day yeah exactly we're all gonna have a mass panic when we've got to go back into an office <laughs> and try and dig out stuff that's kind of appropriate for that set or Collecting used to be considered dust. appropriate yeah maybe you should just go in in leggings and a top and be like well i've been working like this for last year what's, <laughs> what's your problem it's the footwear day. What do you wear on a train? Like, can I wear trainers? Can I wear my running trainers? I can't. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Look, I want to thank you all for, for taking the time to have a chat about these uh, these topics today. Obviously, um, sustainability massively on the agenda for so many organisations, for so many leaders at the moment. So it's, it's super important to talk about. And it's World Earth Day on the tw- 22nd of April. So all building towards that. Helen, thanks for your time. Evie, Dania. Uh, and to everyone else well we'll have another show next week thank you so much